there. Keep moving. Come on, come on. Back on the sidewalk. Come on now. We'll take care of him. We'll take care of him. Damn, Damn, Johnny. Leave him be, Mr. Stay. Leave him be. I've got to get it. Come on, get these people back. This man's hurt bad. Give him some air. Better not try to talk, Hank. Oh, no. Here. This is it. Cigarette case. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What was that? What was that? Watch what, Clancy. What? He, he gave you something there. A gold cigarette case. I've seen him. Oh, you must be mistaken, Clancy. Hank. Did you talk anymore? Cigarette case. Damn, Johnny. Find out. Northwest. I looked in a jewelry store to find out it was 423. 
My hour was nearly half gone, and the only clues I had were a cigarette case and a black eye. I took the case out of my pocket and opened it. There were cigarettes in it. I took one out and lit it. It was nasty. And I saw something green behind the cigarette. It looked better. It looked like money. When I examined it more closely, I wasn't so sure. The printing on it was Dutch, and the amount was 100 florins. Banks were closed, but it only cost me two nickels and a pay telephone to find out where to take it. It was a small but solid-looking establishment on Montgomery. The gold lettering on the plate glass window said Van Pelden Meisner, commercial agent, Amsterdam, New York, San Francisco, MacArthur, and Curacao. Gentlemen, here. I uh, want to see Mr. Meisner. There is no Mr. Meisner. There's only Van Pelt. And I'm Hendrik Van Pelt. I'm so sorry. Oh, I don't feel like that. Maybe you can help me. What can I do with you? Well, uh, somebody paid me off for a job in Dutch money. I want to know how much it's worth. Oh, this better than Meisner. I know the value of money. Show me, please. Ah. Maybe you'd like a cigarette, too. That's Dutch. Please. My branch, Sumatra Queen. Thank you. Oh, good. Good. You like good? You must think the money. One hundred florins. I under the Flooring against the dollar. Uh-huh. Yes. Fifty-three dollar thirty-four cents. That was the exchange fee taking out. Uh, you like ten dollar notes? I love them. You mean that money's real money? Who knows better than I should? Yes. My brother was engraver to the Royal Dutch Treasury. <laughs> I myself in the manufactory was until the occupation coming was. Oh. <clears throat> Pardon me. Would you mind saying that again, please? Uh, or in the manufactory from all kinds of money, including already currencies from the Indies, East and West, Java, Tel Aviv, Borneo, and Homeland, Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Also, six months in Bulilong, Bali, where I'm English learning. Oh, you <laughs> learned English? Several foreign languages. Uh, uh, well, I'll take it in ten. Uh, go Then, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty. One, two, three, and the time stands in twenty stands, right stands. Okay. Yes. Oh, eventually... I spoke a little bit. Yes, uh, eventually you have lived in San Francisco for how long? Oh, uh, eventually quite some time. Oh, uh, I'm Hendrik Van Pelt. So how are you? How do you do? Yes, I, I know this on the cigarette case. You have this same initial, H.P. <laughs> Uh, who your name is, please? Uh, uh, Pole House, uh, Herman Pole House. Oh, in a Pole House, you know, I, I like that cigarette case. <laughs> With the coincidence, you sell me your Dutch money. <laughs> Maybe also sell me the cigarette case with the Dutch cigarette. You right? like those cigarettes? Oh, I love that Sumatra Queen. You can have them for nothing. No, no, such a pity to remove them from the beautiful case. They go together, cigarettes and the case. How, how much? What would you say it's worth? Well, that's good gold. Five hundred dollars? What do you pay? Nothing. I took it out of dead body. Get out! Get out! It's grave robber! Help! Police! Stop these! Okay, okay, Mr. Van Pelt, I'm going! Police! 
Oh. Oh, all right. Oh, well, things are a little confused there just now. Could you tell me a little more about it? All right. Oh, yes, I understand the problem. Well, we're handling it at this end, but we'll be very busy for a while. Yeah. Now, there's definitely no point in you dropping by tonight. I don't you think the news of the boss's death would make some difference to those customers, but no. He take that fellow to just... Yeah, I know you're very busy, Mr. Sule, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, so... Say, uh, what makes you think that car deliberately ran down the board? Did I say so? Well, you're an insurance dick, aren't you? You got me tagged. Anybody have anything against him, far as you know? No, he, he fired two printers last week. Why? Well, they couldn't spell in English. You, uh, see Mr. Page this afternoon? Yeah, he came in for about ten minutes. Said he'd be back on the job tomorrow morning. He was killed this afternoon. Left. How'd he look? Oh, same as usual. You wouldn't say he'd been in a fight. Oh, good Lord, no. He was a sick man. He had a piece of porn in his hand when he was hit. Know anything about that? Oh, sure, he got it here. One of our customers, a man named Van Pelt, paid for some work with him. Boss wanted it for a souvenir, so he took it with him. Uh, does Van Pelt know about Page's heart? Oh, that's a stupid question, Ash. You didn't know Page was killed with Van Pelt's car. Uh, that's a long shot, sir. Thanks. Here's another one. You're lying. Straight down the line. Huh? You no, wait a You didn't see Page today. If you had you to mention that he had a blank eye, he didn't take that Dutch money for a souvenir. If he had you to mention the cigarette case, you'd set him up. What are you doing? Shutting down for the night? You'll find out. Put your hands on top of the desk. Put the muzzle of my gun I've been holding in my lap for three minutes, far enough over the edge of the desk for Ben Soleil to see it. He did what I told him to. The press room door was directly behind him, and I knew his body would scream my guns in the view of anybody that might come through it in response to the signal he found. I didn't have long to wait. Three men, black with ink, came to the door and threw it into the little office. They strolled in, careless and casual. What's up, Ben? You got eyes in your head? Huh? What's this? Stop right there. They'd all been mounted on the same pair of legs, but I didn't like my position at all. If these men decided to jump me, I could down just one of them before the other three were on me. I knew it, and they knew it. Then I felt some fresh air on the back of my neck as the street door opened behind me. Oh. Oh. Hey, what is it? Is it a hold-up? It's me, Blanche. Get out of here quick. Find a cop and bring him back here. Will you do that? Sure I will. You can count on me. His mouth open at a broad grin. I didn't need any more warning than that. I threw myself sideways, but I wasn't quick enough. The blow I got from behind was Blanche's lady's handbag type persuaded and hit me full on, but I got enough of it to fold up my legs as if the knees were hinged of paper and I slammed into a heap on the floor. Something dark crashed towards me. I clutched with both hands. I had a foot kicking at my face. I wrung it the way it was. out a knot. I was dimly aware that my feet were under me again. Some squirming thing was on my back, and a hot, damp object like a hand was across my face. I put my teeth into it, and head back as far as it would go. Maybe it smashed into the face it was meant for. I don't know. Anyway, the squirming thing was no longer on my back, and suddenly I could see again. I saw a brass cuspidor six inches or so in front of my eyes. That's how I knew I was down on the floor again. I grabbed the cuspidor and tugged at it. I sang it on my feet with it and used it to close a clear space in front of me. I swung it high and let go. Back on the floor again with six or eight hundred pounds of flesh hammering my face into the board. You can't throw a brass cut the door through a plate glass window into a rush hour crowd in downtown San Francisco without attracting attention. The hour of rescue was at hand. Exactly 5 p.m. Hey, boys, 
paper was very easy. The returns are not all in yet, but I think when the feds pick up Van Pelt, they'll find he was telling the truth when he said he was working in the Dutch government printing office in Amsterdam at the time of the Nazi occupation. He probably bought his, bought his way out of the country with the same kind of money he and Soleil were printing here. Genuine Dutch Florence printed from the original plate. Being a skilled metal worker, he designed a gold cigarette case into which those plates would fit with uncanny accuracy. The crowning touch was the way in which he concealed them from view. He filled the case with an odious brand of Dutch cigarettes, which only fools or criminals could possibly smoke. It was the safest hiding place in the world. So clever was it, now get this fancy boy, that even I, Sam Spade Detective, never suspected the presence of face metal until it stopped that slug and fell through with me in the alley. Idiot. End of report. Oh, Sam, to think you went through all that just to keep your promise to me. Yes, Abby, but uh, what hurts even more than these wolves is the thought that you've got in my work. Oh, I didn't say that, Sam. I only inferred that you had no sense of time. Yes? Well, I guess you've changed your mind about that, eh? No, I haven't, Sam. May I ask why? Well, I'd rather not discuss it during working hours, Sam, but as soon as I've typed up this report, I'll tell you exactly what I mean. Good night. Good night. 